Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another brilliant episode of Just Browsing. Matthew along with Zach today. And uh, we're just going to give you a quick uh, rundown of, uh, what, week six yep, of the Rogue One six. fantasy season as well as the NFL season. Um, and I think we're just going to jump right in. So I am, uh, again, back in the win column with a 293-279 to point victory over uh, Zach. Not this one, but the other one. <laughs> The non-important one, right? The other one. <laughs> um, you know, just a few key stats for us, for those uh, that do fantasy football out there. In our league, Derrick Henry with his 200, and I think he had 259 total yards and two touchdowns, got me 60 points this week in fantasy. He dropped a 60 ball, dude. <laughs> Julio Jones finally found the end zone with 43 points, and I think he had like seven catches, 113 or something like that yards, and uh, two touchdowns, I believe. And Kyler Murray popped off for 41 points despite not having the the greatest statistical game. It was an 80-yard touchdown that really gave him 17 of those 41 points. So, excuse me. I That was unexpected. But that's going to be a great segue into the fact that I just won 293 to 279. Oh, I would have beat every single person in the league. Yeah, you had the most points um, scored this week. So, just real quick to touch on Derrick Henry's stats. So, he... Had 22 carries for 212 yards and two touchdowns. And then he had two receptions for 52 yards. So he had 264 yards, total yards in that game. And two touchdowns. And two touchdowns. But the <laughs> biggest... 60 fantasy points. Right. And the biggest thing that gave him those 60 was that 90... Well, it was 92. It was 92 or 94. Yeah, it was over a 90-yard touchdown, touchdown run. run which yeah. I think in our fantasy... So you get nine points for the, the yardage. Six points for the touchdown, so that's 15. Mm-hmm. Then you get nine more points because we have our 40-plus yard and our 50-plus yard bunch, which 50 is five and the 40 is four, so you get nine more on top of that. So what, it was 24-point play? That's so crazy that 24 and then, points happens off of one play like I that. I think that run put him over, obviously put him over the 100 mark when it happened. And then he ends up, so isn't he there another bonus five for going over for 200 the, yards? Too, right, right, so five points for the bonus over 100, and I think it's 10 points over two. <laughs> oh so God. that one play pretty much net me <clears throat> what about 33 to 35 points that's that's half of his points basically on yeah one on one play just because it gave me the bonuses and then it bumped him over another bonus put him within range of another bonus god that's crazy so yeah i mean Derrick Henry was a beast for me. Julio Jones finally showed up. He's finally healthy. Devontae Adams didn't do shit, but I finally have him back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, my top three guys put up, uh, what, 144 points. So I, I that 144 points would have beat Ty's team this week just by my top three. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, I mean, you're at, what, four and – I'm three and three. Or you're three and three. Brought now, me to 500. Six games, yeah, yep. okay. And that puts Zach down to two of four. Two and four. All right. Well, yeah, congratulations to you. I knew that game was going to be – the probably the best one to watch because um, you guys had we were even talking about it I, I don't even know if we were talking about it on the podcast last time or we, we were just talking about it before this week's games but both of you had about half of your team playing Monday, Monday night. night so it was going to be a pretty exciting finish and you guys were both projected for a a lot of points and b it was going to be pretty gonna, close right. it was going to be pretty tight so which it did end up being pretty tight and you had to score 293 points just to win that game but um, yeah, so Matt gets the win over Zach. Dean 
had a really big win over Adarian, 276 to 176. So he won by 100 points 100 there. 100 points. Adarian's team drops to 1 and 5. He's really struggling this year after, Eat it, Adarian. <laughs> after winning the whole thing last year. And Taya's game, poor, poor Taya's team had a really, really rough showing. She lost to Brandon Stevens 164 to 108. And I think 108 is by far the least amount of points that have been put up this season. And that might be the least. Well, no, because Zach didn't score 100. Of- <laughs> remember? He scored like 64 that one. Yeah, I, I think, a full team. I think last year Zach scored less than 100 points, like 69 or something yeah. like that. So it's not the least amount of points ever scored in the league, but it's definitely the least amount of points scored th- thus far this season. I mean, 108 is just... That's based- good in a normal league. In, in a normal fantasy league, that's just fine. But not in our league. league, that's not even close. And what sucked for her is she had a guy score one, a guy score two, another guy score one. She had a five, a negative seven. One. Aaron Rodgers posted negative one point. So, I mean... Her team just did not show up. I mean, it was just not in the cards for her to win. And really, you know, against 164 for Brandon Stevens' team, that's if your team has an average week, you're going to beat that score most of the time. But um, Taya's team just did not show up. So sorry about that, babe, if you're out there listening. Ha, uh, suck it, Taya. Better luck next week. How about them Broncos? And my game, I finally took down the previously undefeated the Brody team run by our buddy Brandon and I won 254 to 156. So I won pretty comfortably there. Um, I was very happy that Brandon McManus. Well, okay. Yeah. We'll touch on that here in a second, but I was very happy that I didn't need Andy Dalton to do anything on Monday night because I put Andy Dalton in because Drew Brees was on a bye this week and Deshaun Watson, my other quarterback had a really monster day. He put up 51 fantasy points, but Andy Dalton and the Cowboys offense just looked pretty terrible i watched i think the entire first half of that game and they just really couldn't do anything and uh andy dalton was just getting pressured just out the ass every single play there was guys there was just guys in his face i mean he was just basically getting tackled within two seconds of having the ball every time he dropped back so well it doesn't help when your run game when one of the best backs in the league fumbles twice yeah ezekiel elliott fumbled twice i mean the cowboys just looked like a mess on monday night so they lost to the cardinals 38 to 10 but to go back to fantasy stuff real quick, my kicker, Brandon McManus, for the Denver Broncos had 43 fantasy points because the Broncos decided they weren't even going to get in the end zone all day and they were just going to do nothing but kick field goals. And so we had still won. Six field goals in that game, and we won 18-12 to 12 over the Patriots. Pretty, pretty weird scoring game for the Patriots and Broncos. Um, but I was definitely thrilled that Brandon McManus was my kicker. And that was my logic, honestly, going into the season was – I'm picking Brandon McManus because he he was out there when I was looking for a kicker, and I'm like, I'm picking this guy because the Broncos are going to do nothing but kick field goals. I usually always have on my team because I have every Bronco on my team, and I mean, with the with the way our offense has been going the last two or three years, I feel like picking the Broncos kicker is just a smart logistical well, he, move. He, he's not a bad kick. He's usually in the top five kicking yeah. as long as the offense can put him in position to score. Yeah, it's just. The past couple of years, they haven't put him in a position where he yeah. could kick the field goals. They're always on like 60 to 65 yard right. range. And as a head coach, you go, well, I could give the other team the ball on the goal line or we could punt the ball and make them right. have to go at least, you know, yeah. 80 yards, hopefully at worst. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they got him at least within range to kick field goals because that's all he did all day. And he racked up a ton of fantasy points for me. So that really him and Deshaun Watson definitely scored the most points on my team. I had some other people post some pretty good games, but Nikhil Harry, my flex, the wide receiver playing for the Patriots, posted a big fat goose egg. 
That didn't help anything. I think then, his only target was the last throw of the game, which really? was not a good throw by Cam Newton because he got pressured. Yeah, that was that bummed me out. I was expecting at least, I mean, maybe ten points, maybe a little less, just something, you know. But he he posted zero. It ended up not really mattering. Um, John Brown for Brandon's team in the exact same flex spot also posted a zero, so they kind of cancel each other out there. Uh, and surprisingly, Ben Roethlisberger for Brandon's team only scored 11 fantasy points. I didn't really get to watch any of that game, but they kicked the shit it, out of Cleveland, was, I would have imagined. It was a defensive game. Okay. I was, Or maybe they ran the ball a whole bunch with um, Connor, his name? James Connor, Connor had a pretty good game, yeah, but their defense, so. I think, scored two touchdowns. Oh, okay, okay. So, anyway, that kind of rounds out the fantasy. Let's just touch on the standings real quick. So, for the East... My team is leading five to one, or not five to one. Uh, I'm <laughs> we lead five, five and one. to one in a best of nine, <laughs> yeah. or best of what eleven series. I'm five and one, leading the East. Dean's team is right behind me, tied with you at three and three, and then, or actually, tied three, three of and us three as well. Tied. So all three of those teams in the East are three and three. In the West, um, like I said, I gave Brandon's team his first loss this year. He drops to five and one. Uh, Zach Colbert's team is two and four. Brandon Stevens is two and four, and then Adarian is the lowly last team in the league at one and five. So that's where our standings sit, and we'll see how things work moving forward. I think I play Brandon Stevens next week. Who do you play? Do you know? Um, I thought I played Stevens next week. Or no, I think I, I play Adarian this week, which means he'll put up like four hundred points. Yeah, this will be the one week where he actually shows yeah, I, up. Yeah, I play a Darian. You play Stevens. Okay, yep. Brandon plays his dad, and Ty plays Colbert. Okay. And the projections, uh, I'm projected to beat Stevens as of now, two thirteen to one seventy two. No, you mean a Darian? Or a Darian? Sorry, you're projected to beat Stevens two twelve to two oh eight. Uh, Brandon's projected to beat his dad two twelve to two oh three, and then. Taya and Zach's game is supposed to be a 177 to 173. I know not everyone has their lineups fully set. Yeah. Um, and there's still a lot of, you know, moving parts that need to go into this. But the early projections for ESPN put these as the, the projected scores, uh, even though it looks like out of everyone, there's only three full rosters. And that would be you, Stevens, and Dean are the only ones with full rosters. So Yeah. And I know I'm going to make a couple of tweaks probably between now and Sunday. Oh, yeah? Who are you trying to pick up? None of your business. Um, anyway, that's the fantasy update for week six going into week seven. Should we touch on the NFL scores real quick? Yeah. So, uh, you know what? It's always a great week when the Broncos win. Finally. We're two and three now. It makes it better, too, when your fantasy team wins, too. You know, like yeah. your real team wins, and then Monday night your fantasy team pulls Which is really, and wins. to me, that's been a rare occurrence so far in my, what, seven-plus years playing fantasy now. Right. It rarely works out to where your team in real life in NFL wins and also your fantasy well, team Well, usually wins. in in real life, you're like, all right, I need them to do so good. But you're like, okay, at the same time, I need their player on that team to right, do yeah. so good but not do as good as the team does. Yeah, yeah. And then you're sitting there going, well, he had 300 yards, but my team my team sucked. So, like, I won fantasy, great, but we're not in the playoffs again, so, mm-hmm. so great. It, it, it becomes one of those things where – you either have to put all your eggs in the NFL team basket or put all your eggs in the fantasy basket. Because you can always go, well, the Broncos suck, but my fantasy team's killing it this year, so I'll, that's, right. that's what I'll cling to. Or, 
Well, my fantasy team sucks, but the Broncos are doing really well. And unfortunately, the last few years, that's not been the case with the Broncos. Hey, we won this week. So let's just do a quick rundown. Um, No Thursday night game. That actually got moved to Monday, so uh, that'll be a little later. Broncos going to Foxborough. Drew Locke becomes the youngest quarterback to win on the road in Foxborough. Uh, Broncos win 18-12 over the Patriots. Surprisingly, with a 10 of 24 passing day, 189 yards, two, and two interceptions. <laughs> and, and those two picks were very bad decisions. So, we're trying to run the clock out. We had, It was like 18-6 to six at the time. It's like, just run the ball, kill as much clock as possible, throw, throw a pick, throw a pick. And I'm like, all right, this is just the bullshit play calling that makes us get the loss. I mean, we, we play to lose. Thankfully, we pulled this one out. I'm actually our just, defense played phenomenal. Conf- yeah, I'm, I, it has to be the defense. I'm confused how we even won this game. Well, we had uh, the Patriots what? just did not play as well as I thought they were going to play coming out. Well, and so everyone out there is going to go, "Well, the Patriots didn't have all the practice that the Broncos did in the last two weeks." And here's my stance, and this this is going to go through the whole NFL, not just because the Broncos are my team. If a team has all these positive COVID tests and it limits them to not practice, you should not punish the other team who does not have positive COVID tests, who is practicing like they're supposed to play a game on that coming Sunday. So last week, the Broncos were playing or practicing like they were going to play in Foxborough on Sunday. On Friday, they go, your week was pushed back or your game was pushed back a week. And they're like, well, we just practiced a full week. And in, you know, in the NFL, on a bye week, they're supposed to get four days off. They didn't get a bye week of four days off. And people are like, well, the Patriots didn't get a practice. I don't give a fuck if you don't get a practice. You're in NFL. You get a whole other week. And like, well, we had to close facilities. We had more positive tests. All right, well, if you, you can't push the game back, you'd have to forfeit. And this goes against – this is for everybody out there. I guess – so that was going to be my question is I don't know what you want the NFL to do then if – so you if the Broncos are scheduled to play the Patriots, the Patriots have positive COVID tests. And, and they push they it back once. push the game back. What's the alternative to that? I, like, well, I don't know I'm how. not saying, like, in terms of pushing a game back once, I'm okay with it. Because okay. usually you could maybe reshuffle really and have a new opponent come the in. The Broncos are really being punished there. Well, I mean, think about it. The Patriots are resting. They're not allowed to practice. They're not hitting each other. They're not going through their workouts and stuff. Yeah, but on the conversely, they get two weeks of practice. To, yeah, but to they don't want the to. They, they lost their bye week. So you get punished by you don't get four days of rest later in the season. You know how important bye weeks are for teams to get healthy. And I'm not saying the Broncos didn't get healthy, but you know they the players want four days off for themselves. They want four days off to be with their families. <laughs> yeah, I kind of see what you you're know, saying. I just don't think having to practice for four days is really that big of a deal. Well, we don't we don't see it that way because we sit at home and we don't make millions to, to bitch and moan about things that don't go our way. We do that, we get fired. They do that, and someone else will pay them millions. But anyways, what I'm saying is the Patriots had to close their facility down again because of another positive. And, uh, yeah, that's my dog in the background playing with bones – being a real turd. But it's keeping her away from us, just being really loud. So my neighbor's going to come up and bitch and moan again. Because, you know, great. Hey. This makes for some really good content. Hey, we're, we're trying to be quiet over there, all right? <sighs> yeah, you. Anyways. All right, anyway. So had the Patriots-Broncos game had to have been postponed for a second week, I think the team that has the positive COVID test – forfeits the game because it's not fair for anyone in the nfl you know what happens if they're like well we'll just add it on the end of the season 
and either the Broncos or Patriots are about to make the playoffs, you give every team in the playoffs a free bye week. And then you're going to bitch a moment, well, we didn't get a rest. Well, you know, so I'm not saying, like, it's anyone's fault that people are coming up with COVID. You know, people have to live their lives, and, and I'm all for people living their lives and doing what they want, you know? We live in a free country. Go do what you want. But don't complain if something doesn't go your way because you put yourself in a situation that wasn't helpful for you. I mean, I just don't know what the answer is. I mean, there's I don't really think nothing there is an answer. the Patriots can do about getting positive tests. It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And there's for the Broncos, it's like okay, your game just gets moved back a week, and now you get two weeks to prepare for the Patriots. Right, you know? but it but if, if, seem like that if their game gets moved back another week, what do you do? You're like, hey, Broncos, you have to practice a know. third week for another team because you can't just be like, well, we're going to move this team here, this team, <clears throat> excuse me, this team here, this team here, and this team here because the Broncos already lost their bye week. You can't give them two bye weeks. You know, I know it's a sticky situation, but in my opinion, if a team is the one with the positives and it pushes the game back. F- you know, from week, you know, I'll give them one week. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you can't play this week. You have to forfeit. I'm saying if it pushes back after that one week, then I think that team should have to forfeit. Whether I don't care who it is. If it's the Broncos, you know, come in with four positive tests one week, push the game back another week, four positive tests again. They're like, hey, we're going to cancel the game. I'll be like, well, just give the Broncos a forfeit. You know, what are their players doing? That or or staff or whoever you know it's, it's a team sport so everyone involved is on the team. What is their team doing that is giving them you know these positive tests? Are players going out when they're not supposed to? Are staff members going out when they're not supposed to? You know, you have a sixteen week or seventeen week season. Control your life for seventeen weeks, and you know everybody should be good. Yes. Stuff's going to happen. I'm not saying that. But control what you can control, limit who you're with, and things should be good, theoretically. Yeah, I don't envy anyone in the NFL office trying to reshuffle the schedule when this type of stuff happens because I don't really know what the answer is. I mean, I mean, that's why like, I would say forfeit, and that's why I'm going for any team. I don't care who it is. Because you can't keep reshuffling because you could punish a team that's like, well, we've done everything. Our players, our staff are doing everything to not, you know, contract the virus. Whereas that player went out to a party. I wonder what the worst thing that would happen is if they just extended the season by a couple weeks to reshuffle and squeeze in some of these games that might have to get postponed to some date to TBD. You know, know if there was a team that didn't have any games get postponed that made the playoffs – everyone would bitch and moan about how they got all this rest before the playoffs and the other teams didn't. So, I mean, it's you're always going to yeah, have people that bitch and moan. I don't think there's a perfect answer for it, but I think if you want to keep the flow of the season going and keep the timing of the season going, you're going to have to start forfeiting games. Depending, I'm not saying right away, but depending on so, the certain scenario, yeah, you might have to forfeit know. a game. I don't know. Let's move on. Moving on. I don't know the answer. So, yeah, Broncos beat the Patriots 18-12. It was a great defensive game by the Broncos. Offensively, Philip Lindsay, welcome back. You should have gotten the contract. Melvin Gordon did. Moving on to the next game. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the Titans came back and beat the Texans. Texans actually played really well in this game until, yeah, until the end. Yeah, that sucks they lost because they were actually playing pretty well. But uh, that was a 42-36 to overtime game for the Titans. 
Um, the Bengals actually had a 27-21 lead going into the fourth quarter and uh, failed to maintain that against the Colts and Phillip Rivers, who Rivers actually threw for 371 yards and three touchdowns, so it was his best performance of the year. Yeah. Um, but I got to say something about these Bengals and Joe Burrow. They've been in every single game, but I think last week when they played the Ravens, or two weeks ago when they played the Ravens, I believe. Yeah. They've been in every game. They're competing, but you can tell they're a young team that's missing key pieces. So They have a 1-4 and four record, but they're definitely not as bad as a team as you would expect who has a 1-4 and four record. So, yeah, we'll see what they do moving forward. Um, the Falcons get their first win of the year against the Vikings, 40-23. to 23. And now both the Falcons and the Vikings are one and five. I don't really know what happened to the Vikings. It seems like they're a better team than that, or at least so, they were recently. I think Kirk Cousins is leading the league in interceptions. I think he has like nine interceptions or something like that. Oh, he threw so three interceptions this last game, too. Is she serious with this? <laughs> I'm trying to get it from her. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even Kirk Cousins goes – I'm not going to finish the season out if I keep throwing picks. He knows he's going to get replaced. Mike Zimmer might lose his job. The Vikings were coming in as a team that was supposed to compete for the NFC North. That's what I mean. Is and it, they're abysmal. It seems like a team who should be way better Same than like the Falcons. five record. Yeah. So that's that's really bizarre there. The kind of the dumpster fire game of the week uh, between two really another two really bad teams who are now both one and five. The Giants got their first win of the season against the Washington football team, 20-19, to one-point win there. And, yeah, there's not much you can say about those two teams other than they're both really bad. They're also only one game back from the division lead. <laughs> That's pretty So insane. we're going to say that. <clears throat> Speaking of the division, though, the Ravens tried to blow, I believe it was a 30-6 to lead at the time. To the Eagles. I think yeah, it, was it looks like the Eagles the, scored 22 fourth-quarter points Yeah, out of and, their 28. Yeah. They came on in the fourth, and the Ravens tried to give it up, and the Eagles failed on a two-point conversion, which would have tied the game, and they fall to 1-4-1. One, and one. Yet yeah, again, another NFC East team still in it with that's, a 1-4-1 record. Yeah, that was surprisingly tight for a Ravens team that's just much better than the Eagles are this year. But I guess credit to the Eagles for actually coming out there and making a game of it and trying to win because they are really struggling this just year. Just waited so. three quarters too long. Yeah. Um, the aforementioned Steelers blowout of the Browns was 38-7. to And like I said, Ben Roethlisberger really didn't – have that big of a statistical game. So I think it was more rushing and defense. James Conner had 20 carries for over 100 yards and a touchdown in that one. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Not big rushing-wise either, I guess. it's It sounds like, you know, like you were saying, I didn't get to see any of this game, but it sounds like a lot of defensive scores from them. Yeah, well, and the Browns, I think, showed their true colors. I think Mayfield came in to show he's not the elite quarterback people think he is. Yeah. Um. I think their defense showed up. You know, I think the Browns have had a relatively easier schedule. Not necessarily an easy one, but um, they definitely played a Steelers team that showed that the Browns are not a top-tier NFL team this year. You know what's something that I just wanted to touch on real quick? That's If you have been watching NFL football over the course of the last 20 years, there's a handful of names at quarterback who stick out as being guys who are – just really good year in and year out. And Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys. You got the Tom Brady's, the Phillip Rivers, the Drew Brees of the world, you know. Big Ben. I, I feel like 
Baker Mayfield, if he really doesn't start picking it up and figuring it out, because what is this, year three for him? Year three or four. Three or four. If he doesn't start figuring it out soon, he's going to join a list, a very long list of quarterbacks who were excellent college football quarterbacks and just kind of... Like Johnny Manziel. Couldn't get it done in the NFL. And I don't know... It, it really just goes to show... NFL quarterback, that job, starting NFL quarterback in the NFL is really fucking tough to be good at because there's a lot of guys that come in that you would think, oh my God, he just killed it in four years in college. He's absolutely amazing. He's got all the intangibles. He's got the body for it. He's got the mind. This guy's going to be good. And there's just a list. There's name after name after name of those guys that come into the league and just don't do very well. You know, I think a lot of it is... And not that it, he's doing terribly. He's just not. He's not a. He's not a good leader. You would, of that you team, would think, think for a guy who won a Heisman Trophy, you'd be seeing more. I guess. Well, and is what I, I'm trying to and say. I was going to say, I think you know we get this perception that all these great quarterbacks have to come from really big powerhouse schools. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the case. There's some really good quarterbacks out there that played on mediocre college teams. Dude, Patrick, Carson Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. Right, but they won like four. Championships at the FCS a Division level. two, yeah, you know, like. but like Patrick Mahomes, I don't think Texas Tech was ever a ranked. I mean, they might have been ranked in the early yeah, weeks of yeah. the seasons, but I don't think they were ever like a ranked nationally. Like, holy shit, look at this right. Texas Tech team. There weren't like college football playoff, right? Football, I yeah. mean, Lamar Jackson at Louisville, they were a ranked team exactly, and they were good, yeah. but but they weren't. They're Louisville. People yeah. are like, they're not a football school. They're yeah. a basketball school. It wasn't an Alabama or a Clemson or something right. like that. I mean, yeah. like uh, Deshaun Watson, Clemson wasn't. The Clemson they are now until I think it was his junior and senior season. He kind of helped usher in this new right. era of Clemson dominance. I mean, yeah. so you have like Baker Mayfield who won a Heisman sure at Oklahoma, but he's not doing good. And then you have Kyler Murray who did the same thing, and he's actually balling out. He's coming yeah. into being his second year, and he's showing he has elite talent. See, Kyler Murray is another one that I, I want to keep a close eye on because he's also not doing – spectacularly yet but I think it's forgivable because like you said it's only year two for him but with Baker it's getting to the point and almost past the time of like okay you need to start showing us something like we or maybe we chance. need to go in another direction you know he's and I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback he's just gonna probably end up joining a list a very long list of names of guys who are, will make just perennial backups you right. know throughout their career I just and, and, yeah. unless he really turns it around because you know, it, it it's funny as as I'm sitting here talking about it. You know, the Ben Roethlisberger's and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers of the world are all those guys that you get kind of sick of just seeing their name year in year out, and you kind of take for Matt granted. Ryan. Yeah, the Matt Ryan's of the world. You take for granted the fact that oh, Matt Ryan's the quarterback for the Falcons has been for forever. Ben Roethlisberger's the quarterback of the Steelers has been for forever. But they have been the quarterback of those teams for year in and year out for a really because good reason because they produce. And there's just not – it's really, really hard to find those guys who become your franchise quarterback. And not many teams around the league have had – have been lucky enough like the Chargers or the Steelers or the Patriots or the Falcons where they can just stick with one guy for years. Right. The Broncos are a prime example of this. Over the past, what, five years we've had 15 quarterbacks or some shit yeah, like that? Yeah, I think it was like over the last – since Peyton Manning left, I think we've had 10 or 11 starting quarterbacks. That's insane. And now I know some of it's because of injury, but at the same time I sit there and I go, the quarterback, in my opinion, and, and people will disagree with this, but I think the quarterback truly is the most important position on the field. 
because they're your leader. They're the yeah. ones that have the ball in their hands every single play. They're yeah. the ones that drive your team. You know, if you have a quiet quarterback, which I know some teams do, they don't do very good. Mm-hmm. There's a reason people called Peyton the sheriff. He came into Denver and he goes, Commanded we're going to do again. shit my Commanded. way, and that's it. If you don't like it, tough shit. And like you said, the quarterback has the ball in his hands every single play. So if he's turnover prone, that absolutely kills your chances of winning games. Look yeah. at a guy like Jameis Winston. That team can't win if sure. he's throwing 30 interceptions during the course sure, of the year. Sure, he'll throw 30 win. touchdowns yeah. and 5,000 yards, but... How, like you said, how do you win when you give 30 interceptions? You fumble. I think, yeah. I think he had like eight or nine fumbles last year. And he was sacked like 464,000 times. Yeah, you just can't. Your team cannot win football games if you throw two or three interceptions every week and have fumble problems. Right. It's just so that's why teams around the league, you'll see, and the Broncos have kind of been this sort of a team the last few years. Just basically trying to find a guy who's not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, but just a guy who's a game manager who doesn't turn the ball over. Someone that can lead them to a win when we need to win. Yeah, there's basically three levels of quarterbacks in the NFL. You have your elite guys. You have your guys who are just game managers who have been in the league for a while who don't turn the ball over much. They're also not spectacular. They're not going to do anything too crazy out there. Yeah, but... They're good enough that you're going to win football games. Right. And as long as they don't turn the ball over, you should be in good shape. And then there's the guys who just aren't very good and turn the ball over and aren't very good game managers. And I think that's what most of the league, unfortunately, has to just struggle shuffling these guys in and out going, okay, we hope this guy's a game manager to elite level. And then it turns out after eight games, he's actually just bad. You but, know? I mean, like going with that argument, when you know 31 team is passed on Lamar Jackson – yeah. But the reason 31 teams passed on him is because the league at that exact moment was still a pocket-passing league. Right. You had Deshaun Watson, but he wasn't necessarily like and, – and Russell Wilson, but they weren't necessarily like, I'm going to bust out of the pocket right. on a design It's run. not like you have a basically a running back who can throw right. the ball. Yeah. And so when he got drafted 32nd overall, everyone's like, nah, he's a bust. Right. Same goes with Russell Wilson. People thought he was going to be a bust. Mm-hmm. Dude, in my opinion, should win MVP if if oh, yeah. the award was handed out right now. Then you have people that everyone's like, oh, he's a five-star talent, Tim Tebow, Baker yeah. Mayfield, Johnny Menzel, and look where all those guys are now. Baker you know? Mayfield's a former number one overall draft pick. Right. And so far, I mean, I think that's why there's so much discussion around Baker and that's why we're talking about it right now is because he was, he's a former Heisman trophy winner and he's a former number one overall draft pick. I mean, the bar could not be set higher for him. Any any first round quarterbacks, in my opinion, whether you're number one or 32, you're all lumped in the same category. In my opinion, yeah, you're you're drafted to be, you're expected to be a starter at some point in the next year or three. Yeah. Sam Darnold, not panning out. Then yep. again, the Jets, you know, some teams it's, just don't help the it's player. It's a tough situation, yeah. The Baker Mayfield's completely different. He's got all the weapons, yeah. Yeah. all the tools he needs. The Jets, Sam Darnold, I don't know. Yeah. You know, Josh Jared, Rosen, wasn't Josh, Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen was, one, I think, number 10. Or, or, uh, first round, yeah. He was number 10 in the Cardinals, yeah. and now he's on a practice squad. Yeah, he washed out. Um, Jared Goff, you know, he's not a bad quarter. I'm not saying Jared Goff, yeah. but he's definitely a game manager. He right. can throw up a lot of yards. But I don't think he's team, as good as they were hoping he was going to be. That team went all in, made it to the Super Bowl, and then failed. Right. And ever since then, he's mm-hmm. been more of like, we're going to get to the playoffs, but I'm not going to be an elite yeah. quarterback. You know, so you get all these high... First round draft picks, 
quarterback wise and yeah none of them have a lot of them out it's just really hard and and we can run through the rest of the scores real quick too and then come back to this but i think that continually to me is the most fascinating storylines to follow in nfl football is the quarterback carousel of all of these teams because it really does take an absolute genius and probably a lot of luck to pick the guy who's going to end up being your franchise quarterback like i don't think anyone could really tell coming out of college that Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were going to be as good as they have proven to be in the NFL. I don't think I anyone mean, could tell. Any anyone, unless you have like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, maybe like two others, would have drafted Lamar Jackson in the first round. Right. You know? They would have they wouldn't have passed. Same goes for Patrick Mahomes. I think yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky, another great another, example another on great the bench example. right now, yep. you know. The list like, is long. It's what's just, going on? Yeah. You it's know? just really it just is really, really hard to pick those guys. And I think a lot of times teams will draft these guys and as a fan you'll be going, Yeah, I think that guy's gonna be really good. Just looking at his college stats, looking at his body, going, This guy looks like a prototypical quarterback, looks like he can do really good things with his arm and with his legs, and then you're just totally wrong. And the team's yeah. totally wrong. Well, I mean, I still have faith in Drew Locke. I still haven't seen a big enough sample size. Yeah, I don't is think it, he's played long enough. It's his for first us to game really coming. Tell. I mean, he's, yeah. he was four and one last year as his rookie year as a starter. This year he got hurt week two. Yeah, you know, so this was his first week back. Didn't look good, but again, you know, he's probably got some rust. He's, he's got some off. rust. Yeah. He didn't have his number one tight end, nor his number one receiver, mm-hmm. nor hit. I mean, his starting left guard was taken out. His starting right tackle and his starting right guard, I think, were both hurt. Like. Yeah. You know, there was, there was a lot of moving parts, but he could definitely be another one that I go, you know, we were all high on him here in Denver, and then all of a sudden, next year, we're sitting there going, well, let's find another guy. We need to <laughs> fucking draft another quarterback, yeah. or we need to be in the market for a young, top-tier free agent quarterback. Right, right. And, you know, I think a prime example of one of those, going on to the next score, would be Teddy Bridgewater. That dude mm. coming out of college from Louisville... Oh, I forgot Teddy Bridgewater went to At the Vikings, was playing phenomenal football. Yeah. Then he had that horrific knee injury. The freak knee injury, yeah. And it kind of derailed, you know, it derailed him for a while. And now he's down in Carolina running that team. Again, another team that lost a lot of key pieces. Um, You know, they lost – we'll just go back to the score real quick. They lost to the Bears 23-16. The Bears have really good defense. But, you know, he's he's another one of those quarterbacks that I think he has a very bright future in the NFL, hoping he can stay healthy – um, I know he's had some concussions in the NFL too, but then you know switching on the other side, Nick Foles didn't have a great game, mm-hmm. and the Bears still won. And that takes me back to Super Bowl Fifty with the Broncos, less than two hundred yards of total offense, and you still win a Super Bowl. Shouldn't ever happen unless you have an elite defense. And I think the Bears have a good defense this year. Um, you know, same with the Steelers, thirty-eight to seven when Roethlisberger led the game with one hundred and sixty-two yards and a touchdown. Yeah. You gotta have an elite defense to back a quarterback up that only has one TD and 160. Yeah, and they won comfortably. It was blowout. right, 38 <laughs> to seven. So, quarterbacks are huge, but at the same time, you can make up for that by having a defense mm-hmm. that can get you know get that bad quarterback on the field again. Which I really think out of the last three or four seasons of Broncos football has been the only reason we've won any games is our defense has just remained pretty good. I think we should, we could have honestly been a 500 team every losing season we've had, but our defense would be on the field. Our offense, they'd get a turnover and our offense would go out there and they'd be like, well, we're going to go three yeah, and out three and or, out. or we'd right get back, a turnover yeah. and give it right back. And our defense is like, yeah, we don't have I time didn't even, to, yeah. I didn't even get a drink of water guys. Yeah. yeah. 
So, you know. Yeah, we our defense has not been as good as that sport. Super Bowl 50 season where it was arguably one of the best defenses ever assembled. But the best ever. It's been good enough that it's been literally the games that we've won have been largely due to the fact that our defense oh, yeah. is just pretty solid. Um, it certainly has not been great offensive play. No, <laughs> no, it has not. But uh, I guess we'll jump back into the scores before we completely derail the train. The Lions beat the Jaguars 34-16 in a battle of the Cats. Uh, boring game, in my opinion. Uh, another dumpster fire game. We got the Dolphins and Jets. Dolphins yeah. keeping the Jets winless and moving to 3-3. Three and three. And I'm going to touch on this now because we're talking about it. A 3-3 three and three quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is also, I think, the number eight scoring quarterback in fantasy or, or top 15, just got benched for Tua. Yep, that news came out today, which, yeah. Let's let's touch on that in touch, a second, okay. but it's a good, it's something good to bring up. I right. do want to talk about that. Okay, so then the Buccaneers beat the Packers 38-10, a game I didn't expect to go that way. Yeah, really weird score. Um, Packers, pull your heads out of your ass. The 49ers beat the Rams, so a good bounce-back game for them after their abysmal game last week. I mean, mm-hmm. rough game. To the um, Dolphins. To the Dolphins. And then uh, last night we had the – the Chiefs beat the Bills 26-17. Looked like a really good game when I was watching. You know, the Bills need to get some sharp, some things on defense. But uh, definitely competed well with the Chiefs. And then the Cardinals went into the Cowboys, the Cowboys and just laid it. Laid it on them. And yeah, I watched, um, I think, all of the first half and maybe a little bit of the second half of that game. And like I said, it was just all Cardinals. The Cowboys just could not get anything going on offense. They're... They're apparently the Cowboys offensive line is really banged up. They have multiple guys that are three of their starters are out. Yeah. And they have multiple guys out. Um, ironically enough, Connor McGovern came in to replace not the right Connor. Connor McGovern plays for the Jets. That is a different Connor McGovern. What? Yes. Oh, because uh, I thought okay. Connor McGovern signed a big free agent contract with the Jets, the ex Broncos center. Yeah, that's who I was talking about. And the then guy, I watched yeah. one of the Cowboys early games like Connor McGovern in at guard and I'm like didn't he sign with the Jets so I'm like looking it up and it is a young Connor McGovern really mm-hmm. oh okay I didn't know that see here I was thinking he was the the ex Bronco Connor McGovern nope. and it's a different Connor no McGovern. he's the center for the Jets they paid him oh, a, a good contract interesting to go out to okay York. okay anyway the Cowboys offensive line is super banged up Andy Dalton barely had five seconds or not even that had less than two seconds to throw the football every time he he got the ball he got the snap and then Ezekiel Elliott had two fumbles in I think it was the it was either the first quarter or the first half I know for sure it was in the first they're half they're both in the first half yeah so that was that didn't help anything and really the Cardinals didn't have to even play that well to beat that Cowboys team that Cowboys team just did not look the Cardinals very good. had big plays you know they had yeah. an 80 yard TD throw and a you know that four yard rush that a first half yard throw it was still a game because the Cardinals really weren't doing much on offense either like most of their offensive possessions ended in three and out either that or they'd get two or three first downs and then the offensive drive would kind of stall um uh shit uh kyler murray i couldn't think of his name there for a second kyler murray had a couple two or three throws to deandre hopkins that were supposed to be deep big connections that just did not like they were i not mean on the he same missed page. open receivers yeah he could easily had three four hundred yards and yeah. like- that whole first half they were doing that and he had, there were multiple ones too where he went deep to that um, that guy whose last name is Isabella or whatever. I don't know what his first name is. Dude, he runs who's, like a four three forty. Yeah, the guy runs like a four three forty. He just he just blows up the sideline and uh, Kyler Murray went deep to him a couple times and they were just not on the same page. No. Like clearly, 
Kyler Murray thought he was supposed to run a different route than he or thought he, he was or running. He was going to see it on the. I mean, yeah, it was. They were just not connecting. To, so to a fair point for a quarterback, though, if you're going to throw a ball forty plus yards down the field, the ball's in the air a while. It's not like oh, it goes yeah. up in the air and then down. Yeah. So if your receiver turns and sees the ball, they should have enough time to adjust. To adjust yeah. Unless they're sixty yards downfield and they turn the ball and the ball's fifty nine yards downfield right. and they're like, oh shit, the ball's a yard away from me. Yeah. Which but, um, that. They were going back to what you were saying about that Isabella guy. Apparently, he ran a four three forty, and it, yeah. dude, in his pads watching him run, it was remarkable. They they showed the replay of the deep ball, the first deep ball that Kyler Murray tried to throw to him that was incomplete. He just ran straight. He just ran straight up the field and went right by everyone and just yeah. blew past them like they were standing still. It was insane. So um, yeah, the Cardinals didn't even really have to play that well, and they would have won that game anyway. They ended up. Looks like they had a, a pretty good second half, too, and kind of kicked kick things into gear after that lackluster uh, first yep. quarter. Um, so, yeah, Cardinals won 38-10. So that was the week six scores. Um, let's go back real quick and talk about the Dolphins. So the Dolphins beat the Jets 24 to nothing. Um, late in the game, they're up big. They pull Fitzpatrick out, and they put in Tua Tagovailoa. And, you know, I, I saw that on Instagram and stuff because I obviously I wasn't watching this game. I saw some of the highlights and stuff. And then I saw that, you know, there was that big thing that they were posting. All the sports Instagram pages were posting about Tua went out after the game and sat on the field to, like, mm-hmm. take in you know, his, his, yep. his, his first NFL, you know, experience and stuff. And, you know, I think as a Dolphins fan, that was probably encouraging seeing him get out there, throw the ball around a little bit. You know, you're, you're already in a convincing win beating the – the 0-6 Jets, and you're like, okay, here's our new, you know, our future guy. We're good to see what he's made of a little bit, you know. And I'm like, okay, but clearly he's not going to start next game. They'll put Fitzpatrick back in. They're three and three. Fitzpatrick's been you're actually in the middle playing of the playoff pretty well. Hunt. Yeah, they're in the middle of the season here, in the middle of a playoff hunt. And then today, this is what October 20th, October 20th, on 2020. Tuesday, 10 2020. Yeah, they announced that. Uh, they're benching Fitzpatrick and starting Tua next week, which is a move that, and I'll ask your opinion on this here in a second, is a move that just really confused me. I didn't understand why they were doing that. It doesn't really seem like, I mean, I know the Dolphins aren't really good, but they're also not 0-6, which would make sense to then just go, okay, screw it, let's just throw in our, our high draft pick, our right. rookie guy. Why not just leave Fitzpatrick in there until he really starts screwing up and then put Tua in. I just don't understand. So, it seems early for them to be putting him in like So this. I, I, I agree that what's the point of, you know, don't throw Tua in as a rookie, you know, when he doesn't need to be in. Let him yeah, keep Yeah, when learning. you don't have to. Let him keep, keep adjusting. And, you know, he'll get in when he, he, you know, you're like, well, we have nothing else to lose. You're three and three. You're in the thick of the playoff race in an expanded playoff season. Fitzpatrick's playing well. The team's playing well. Don't you don't have to rush him, you know? It was it was just like Joe Flacco and Drew Locke last year. Drew Locke got hurt, so that helped. But Broncos country were all like, let's just throw in, you know, Drew Locke. Then we had such a shitty start that everyone's like, throw in Drew Locke. Let's see yeah. what we have. And then Flacco got hurt and always like we're we're playing Drew Locke. Like, throw him in. So, you know, and I saw an article on this earlier, and they go, well. With such a random change in quarterback, it could mean that there's a Fitzpatrick trade, you know, that's imminent. Hmm. So they could, they're, what they could be saying is Fitzpatrick's people are wanting or, you know, asking about him to trade for him. So they want to get Tua in to, 
you know, get him, hey, get this him is your job reps now. and stuff, yeah. And, you know, I find that interesting, but I'm like, who's going to trade for Fitzpatrick? Like, no one's, no one, there's no quarterback injuries out there right now. Yeah. Like, who who's looking to trade for him and, and who's looking to trade for him in terms of being like a starting quarterback or a backup quarterback? Like, right. Right. So, so I didn't know how to take that article, but I agree with you. I, I wouldn't put two in. It doesn't seem like a, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a smart move to me right now. No, it doesn't and, seem like a necessary move either. Well, because then, it, what if he comes out and has a really poor game right. and loses all that confidence that he's like, you know, he built up. Yeah, he's a rookie. I don't expect him to go out and throw for three hundred fifty plus yards, five touchdowns, and run. You know. Then again, he could, and everyone's like, oh, great decision. And the next week he comes out and goes for 160 yards, three interceptions, two fumbles, six sacks. You know, and you're like, you know, you just don't know. So I, so, don't, I don't agree with it, but. I mean, like you were saying, right now the AFC East standings go like this. Buffalo's leading. They're 4-2. and two. Miami's 3-3. Three and three. They're ahead of New England. New England right. is 2-3, and three, and then the Jets are 0-6. Oh so they're second place in the – in the conference, in the, or not, in the not, division, not the conference, by the division, one game, by one game. I just don't understand why. If you were in New York and you were zero and six, yeah, screw it, throw right. throw Tua in. You got nothing left to lose at this point. The the season is in the exactly. shitter already. But three and three, one game behind Buffalo for the lead. I just don't understand why they would make that move. But right, they're ninth. I don't know. They're ninth in the AFC right now. They're a half game back from the Raiders for eighth, and I don't know how many teams are being. I think eight teams might be making the playoffs. I don't know. I'd have to look. Um, but you're you're half game back. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. But then again, I'm not the NFL GM or NFL. That's what coach, I was just about to say. You know, on, you know on, I mean, on the flip side, I guess I'm not the one being paid to make these decisions. So maybe they know something. But I then don't. again, I'm not going to be the one that gets fired when this decision backfires. True. Or it's, I'm not the one getting a raise when this decision goes the the right way. I mean, I'm happy for Tua. I, I don't have anything against Tua. Um, I was <laughs> I'm happy I don't I no longer have to watch him just play for Alabama and shit all over <laughs> every single other college football team in the country. Because if anyone else out there pays attention to college football, when Tua was there. After he his for his like his first full season that he had taken over following coming in for Jalen Hurts, they destroyed everyone they played. I mean, basically every Saturday he had four hundred yards passing and five touchdowns. Every single every single Saturday. I mean, it, it usually was, in the first half. It was remarkable what he was doing. I mean, he is an extremely talented quarterback. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's no longer at Bama, so I can actually root for him. I'll root for him with the Dolphins, sure. I, I got nothing against rooting for the Dolphins, but I just don't think right now is it's a prudent decision to put him in this early in the season. No, if, I, if I'm a Dolphins, I, I agree with coach, you. And you know, again, we'll have to wait to see how it plays out. But yeah, I mean, maybe it's going to end up being a genius move. Who knows? But <laughs> right I mean, to me. It's kind of the if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Fitzpatrick's exactly. doing just fine right now. If in in until he starts doing that, which he very well could, in, until he starts doing that classic Ryan Fitzpatrick thing where he comes out and throws five interceptions in back to back weeks or something. Okay, yeah, now pull him out and put right. Tua in. But right now he's playing just fine. He's actually playing right. pretty well. So I don't know. Yeah, there we go. We'll yeah. we'll see what happens moving well, forward with that. I think my last point for this would be. If you look at the NFL standings right now and you go to the playoff picture, the Cowboys are the fourth-ranked team in the NFC. Oh, my God. That's so Because insane. they're the division lead. 
They're ahead of the four and one Packers, the four and two Cardinals, the four and two Rams, and the three and two Saints, the three and three Panthers, the three and three 49ers, and the two and three Lions. <laughs> and then you get the Eagles, Giants, oh, and Washington, all 12, 13, 14. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there was any shockers this week. Maybe people would say the Broncos being New England would be an upset, but other than that, it was pretty straightforward NFL week. And I think. Uh, you know, looking forward to next week's probably going to be uh, another probably straightforward week. The only upset I would say be on the look for is uh, when our Broncos somehow hold off the Chiefs. So we got we do have the Chiefs coming up. Yep, two twenty five on Sunday. Go Broncos! By the way, Ty, your Patriots suck. Oh, had to get that in there. Oh boy. She's not going to listen to it. Let's be she real. She will. She will. And then I'll have to hear about it. <laughs> um, so the Thursday night game is the Giants and Eagles. Dumpster fire. We got the Lions at the Falcons, the Browns at the Bengals. We got the Steelers at the Titans, Panthers at the Saints. Um, let's see. Bills at Jets, Cowboys at Washington, Packers at Texans, Seahawks at Cardinals. Like you said, Chiefs here at Denver. 49ers at New England, and then you got the Jaguars in L.A. Uh, I guess Chargers, you got to specify. The Buccaneers at the Raiders, and then the Monday night game is going to be the Bears and the other L.A. team, the Rams. Yeah, so a lot of good games this week, actually, and um, I look forward to seeing how it all all plays out. What's the one game you want to watch, other than the Chiefs at uh, Broncos game? I think... The Seahawks Cardinals could turn out to be a really I was good game. Say, that that's actually probably going to be a pretty good game. Um, and then the other one would be Steelers Titans. Two yeah. of the last yeah. three undefeateds going against each other. Um, you know, I think the Steelers. You could argue have the best defense this year. Their offense maybe hasn't been clicking, you know, as you'd expect it to. But their defense is definitely carrying that team right now. And the Titans have a powerful offense. Tannehill's clicking on all cylinders with his wideouts, and you got Derrick Henry. That I mean. That guy's a monster. I feel like even a bad game for him is still probably going to be sixty plus yards and a touchdown, you mm-hmm. know. And and uh, you know, so so that'll be a good game for me. But yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping in that um, that one you pointed out, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I hope the Cardinals rise to the challenge and play the Seahawks well. I hope they don't come out and have a bad game because it seems like that game could go one of two ways. It might be really competitive and a super fun game to watch, or the Seahawks might just end up kicking their ass. <laughs> so who right, knows? yeah, I mean. Because Seattle's a really good team this year. They're good. Yeah. So those are those are the games I'm looking forward to. But other than that, I, I feel like it should be a pretty straightforward week in the NFL. And uh, yeah, hopefully there's some good surprises. You know, like I think the Broncos beating the Chiefs would be a great surprise. If I don't want to put it out of the realm. Beating the Patriots with beating the Chiefs that'd be insane. I don't think it's out of this world. I mean, we see that the Chiefs are human and mm-hmm. and don't score 35 points a game. You know, if the Broncos would have capitalized on some opportunities this past week, we could have easily had three or four touchdowns mm-hmm. instead of those three to four field goals. So, you know, if we could execute and and do things correctly, we got a chance. Now I'm going to hold see. my breath. No. The Broncos throughout their first, what, five or – yeah, five games this year have scored 14 points, 21 points, 10 – 28 points and then eight or I'm sorry I'm sorry 37 and then 18. So the most points we've scored this year has been 37 that was against the lowly Jets. Um 
I'd still like to see us step up those offensive numbers. Yeah, I, I mean, just think that's our biggest issue. I mean, we have we to step up the offensive points. numbers, but again, the worst loss we have is a twenty-eight to ten loss to the Buccaneers. And when I say worse, I mean twenty-eight points is in the most points we've given up. Yeah. You know, we've we've given up the least amount of points in our division, but we've also scored the least amount of points. Yeah. Then again, we're the you know, besides the Chargers who are one and four, we're the only team that had quarterback injuries. We're the only team that's lost our number one wideout. We're the only team that lost one of our starting running backs. You know, I mean, again, this it's the NFL injuries happen, you gotta adapt, but I think we could get our offense clicking and, and I think we've got big play, you know, scoring potential. We just need to make the right. We play. have two divisional matchups in the coming weeks yes sir chiefs Chiefs chargers Chargers. so if we could win those two games that would be huge if we could win those two pull us to a four even if we just even we just got to beat the chargers if we lose to the chiefs it's kind of expected it is expected but actually so looking at it three out of the next four games are against divisional rivals yep because we got raiders so we got chiefs then the week after that, Chargers, then the Falcons, and then Raiders. Raiders. So, so realistically, wow. our, our, I'll just kind of go through the rest of our schedule. We have the Chiefs, Chargers, Falcons, Raiders, Dolphins, Saints, Chiefs, Raiders, or Panthers, sorry, Bills, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah. I think we beat the Chargers, we beat the Falcons, uh, we'll lose to the Raiders, but then we'll beat the Dolphins, then we're going to beat the Panthers, and we'll beat the Chargers and Raiders at the end. I think we win seven more games. I think we'd go nine and seven this year. I'd be thrilled with that because we've been below five hundred for what? Three I'd seasons be thrilled with now. eight and eight. Yeah, I'd be thrilled with seven and nine. To be honest, that'd be one win better <laughs> than every you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll if we're see. not going to make the playoffs, tank for Trevor Lawrence or tank for the greatest offensive lineman to ever be drafted. Well, the Jets are probably going to end up with Trevor Lawrence at this yeah, point. Yeah, you're not wrong. So poor Trevor Lawrence is going to have to go from playing at Clemson <laughs> to playing at. The New York Jets, which is the same thing that happened to uh, Burrow, to Joe Burrow. He goes from playing but they have they have weapons there powerhouse They've, of LSU to going to the Bengals. But they have some good weapons there. That's true. They're, they're young. The, there's more light at the end of the tunnel if you're a Bengal than if you're a Jet. <laughs> yeah. The so, Jets are just really sorry. But, so. but, yeah, so that's, you know, that's week six of the uh, NFL season as well as the Rogue One fantasy season. And a quick look forward into week seven of uh, – of this week's NFL season. So yep. um, I think we're probably going to wrap this up. I will say we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode on uh, fantasy in the NFL, followed by our Halloween movie episode on Thursday. So for those of you that are not a football fan, don't care about fantasy, we're coming back with movies on uh, Thursday of next week. And, uh, that one will be fun. I think it should be pretty one. fun, and, and it should be a good one. So uh, there's nothing more in this world that I like to talk about more than movies. So besides sports, mm, I like to talk about movies more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's literally me actively me, trying to not talk about movies on this podcast most of the we, time. We, we so. went to Lodos this weekend to watch a football game, and you and Zach literally wouldn't shut up about talking about movies. And I'm like, guys, that's how it goes. Dude. We're that's watching all I a talk about. football game. We're here to be men and watch sports. What, you can't be a man and watch movies? And you guys are like, oh, 50 First Dates, which is a great movie, by the way. <laughs> we were not talking about 50 First Dates. I've never they talked were. about 50 yeah, First Dates. They were talking about life. it. You heard it here first, just browsing. Okay. Well, anyways, yeah, uh, you know, on behalf of both Zach and I, we appreciate all of your guys' uh, love and support. 
again, we'd like to keep interacting with you. So feel free to, you know, follow us on Facebook, leave some comments, you know, whatever you want to do. Give, give us, us your a, hot NFL takes. Give us your hot NFL takes. Give us your scariest Halloween movies, yeah, your yeah, favorite yeah. Halloween movies, and, and we'll discuss them on uh, next Thursday. And, you know, we just want to just say we appreciate your guys' love and support, and uh, we look forward to, to bringing uh, you another episode or two episodes next week. So. Yeah. So thanks, everybody. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Till next time.